folks. Welcome to a brand new episode of Trainwreck tonight. We are all the way at episode 186. We got Maniac in the building. Happy Bachelorette Thursday. Show sponsor, Picasso's Pizza. Locations all over Western New York. Get to picassospizza.net. And now, their second time on Trainwreck tonight. First one was inside Studio D. Second one out over Zoom. We got John Scott and Heather Prusak. Let's go. I'm attempting to get Otto over here. Here we go, folks. Round two, like I said, Heather Prusak, John Scott, and I think that's Otto. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, guys. Good. How are you? We are doing great. I mean, Al, big UB Victory Wednesday. Oh, Victory Wednesday last night was just an absolutely incredible win for the UB Bulls. 49-30 to on the road in Northern Illinois. What a way to start action, Heather and John. Yeah, and you know, it's funny because the way that they came out, it didn't really look like they had uh, too much of a, of, you know, a time off with this challenging and unique uh, start to the season. Um, you know, I, if I had to bet, I was going to bet that Kyle Van Treese was going to get the start at quarterback just because of the way that he finished the season um, and, you know, the consistency. They know what they're getting from him. And um, I even asked uh, Lance Leifold after the game, I was like, what was it about Kyle? that gave him the edge over Matt Myers. And he said, look, it's nothing that, you know, Matt did wrong. It's just that, you know, fair or unfair, basically, you know, he had his injury, but um, it's the way that Kyle played at the end of the season and he won all those games for us in the stretch there. So um, I wasn't surprised to see that. And, you know, Jared Patterson is just an absolute stud. I mean, that guy is a beast. Picking up right where he left off. It's crazy to think that he's only a junior. And none was awesome too. I mean, it's it's crazy if, if Antrese can can get him the ball, even in jump ball situations like the first the first touchdown he had. Uh, I mean, that's a heck of a aerial and ground attack here. Throw marks in the mix as well. 
Um, I know they got other things that they're, they're trying to work in with the receiving game and whatnot, uh, but that's a good, you know, two different levels here, two guys that at least from what I've seen, I, I think could definitely be NFL guys. Uh, I know I saw a guy from the Athletics say he maybe thought Jared's a, a late-round pick. Um, he obviously still has more time to go. Uh, I'm not a draft analyst, but, I mean, production is production, and his size is not something that scares NFL teams away anymore look no farther than someone like Devin Singletary and Zach Moss so uh, yeah it was an exciting start defense with those three defensive touchdowns there I will say and I'm sure Lance would agree they need to share some things up there because you don't necessarily want to be winning games uh, when allowing 30 points no I agree but yeah maniac it seemed like that game was more about the defense getting those three touchdowns and the offense kind of vanilla honestly you know I mean Van Treese's numbers weren't out of control. Jarpat, great day for him, but they're saving it, getting ready for the big matchup next week against Miami of Ohio at home. No doubt. The game went from 21-16 to 42-16 in a span of four minutes. So it kind of just blinked. Uh, the game went on its head. So, I mean, you don't know whether Lance and Co. would have been busting out some trick plays, maybe a little bit more aggressive offense if they didn't get those scoop and scores. But, I, I mean, last night just felt amazing. Like John said, you had Antonio Nunn making plays. Like Heather said, they know what they have in Van Trees, so that's why they're confident with him. They're confident with that defense. And does anything say Maction is back more than a scoop and score, post-score puke? I mean, come on, that was incredible last night. It was so funny because I, like, the the two, the back-to-back scoop and scores, I was at work, I anchored the late shows last night, and I saw the first one, I'm like, okay, you know, wrote it down, whatever. Then I went to go type something, and then it happened on the very next series again, and I I had to do a double take. I'm like, didn't I just watch this play? <laughs> I think what really says Maction was, at least in the UB game, and I think Akron, or so, there was an onside kick. Yeah. There's multiple onside kicks in the middle of the game. So uh, they're really trying to, to grab everyone in midweek, yep. week one, and, and, and keep the midweek Maction train rolling uh, out the gate. I don't want to get too degenerate, Al, but honestly, it's it, the action is kind of like if pro football was played at 2 a.m. after every coach had had like six games. <laughs> like, like, you know, like maybe I should onside kick in the middle of the first quarter. I might get the ball back. Like, you know, I don't care what I'm right here. There's just kind of like a reckless abandon about it. And of course, it has its like own night, and they've kind of done a good job at making that. But that all plays into the match factor that you never really know what you're going to see, regardless of whether it's Buffalo or NIU or any team. I mean, it's crazy. That's maxion, folks. Seriously. And i got to ask you guys, Maniac, Heather, John, are you guys scared of anyone in the MAC? I mean, coming into the season, UB, MAC favorites. Uh, you know, I think they opened up around plus 250, around 3-1. to one. It's unfortunate. You can't bet them at Buff Creek downtown. You're not allowed to bet on any New York State team. You can't bet Syracuse, and this is basketball, football, doesn't matter. I contemplated driving to the Pennsylvania border yesterday. And I was very, I was very close. Um, but yeah, what are you guys' thoughts on that? You know, I not really like, yeah, I, I don't think there's any team that really if if the Bulls can clean up some things on defense, because look, allowing those, you know, those late touchdowns uh, you know, late in the game there, that's one thing that concerns me a little bit. Um, you know, a couple mistakes here and there but overall not really I, I think it's more of a matter of how consistent they can be and cleaning up some of those things that's really all that I'm looking for when it comes to that because we know that again the, you know the Mac is crazy like you know there can be a couple 
you know, one, two game-changing plays, and all of a sudden, boom, it's within reach. As we saw with NIU, all of a sudden, um, you know, UB's up big, and they pull within, you know, 19 or whatever, which, um, you know, doesn't sound like it's a small margin, but given how much UB was blowing them out to that point, it it was a small margin. So with teams being able to, it's kind of like in the NFL how we're seeing scoring is way up this year. Um, if that continues, um, you know, it's a good thing that they have an explosive offense to be able to keep up with whatever any team could throw at them. So really for me, it's just about cleaning up a couple things uh, on defense there, I'd say. For me, it, what's scary is it's such a condensed schedule. And as you saw, as the game went last night, it doesn't take a lot to turn a game. You have to be at your best for, for the entire time because you lose one game and that's a wrap. And you've been seen yeah. in the college football landscape for teams and conferences that have been playing, you know, for a month or so now, it's it, there's a lot of unpredictability out there, and that you've seen teams that are traditionally good, or teams that are transitioning with younger players, or things like that, that have struggled, and they're not what they would maybe traditionally be in a normal setting here. So that's what is scary: is you don't have those three defensive touchdowns. What does last night turn into? And that is just week one. Yep. You know that NIU is not one of those upper echelon teams that it was believed to be able to challenge UB. So when they get into that part of their schedule, they just they just have to be on point from the beginning because the margin for error more than any time ever is so, so small. Well, and also, too, with this season, you know, it also comes down to, um, to what their depth is, too, because at any given moment, unfortunately, with – you know, the world that we live in right now, at any given moment, any of their star players that they lean on could come up and have test positive for COVID. Um, You just have no idea what's going to happen. So I also just think it's about, um, you know, not to sound like coach speak, but for, you know, the younger guys and some of these other guys, these depth players maybe to just really stay, um, you know, mentally focused as the week goes on because you just, you know, that's something that Lance talked about too before the season started. You just never know what's going to happen given the world we live in. And at any any given game, you know, someone could be unavailable. Um, and, you know, someone that hasn't played much is going to have to step up. So I think that that's, um, you know, that's scary too. But, um, but, you know, knowing that coaching staff, they I'm sure they've done a really good job of making sure that guys that aren't, you know, getting those snaps are, are staying engaged. Yeah, definitely. Got to be ready to rock. And next week's massive. You got Miami of Ohio, like I said, at home, 8 o'clock, ESPN, primetime television. And we got the drive-in next week, which is 71 degrees and sunny. And they let you br- – and that's the weather for Tuesday next week. And you're allowed to bring a grill, cooler. I mean, you haven't been able to tailgate at Bills games this year. Why not Why not have a good time next week to drive in? Socially distant rules, obviously. They keep the vehicles. I think it's like 12 feet apart or something like that. So I'm fired up for next Tuesday. I think that's a, a big event for Western New York. We're talking November football, and it's 70 degrees. I, mean, I know it's not going to be 71 degrees at 8 o'clock at night, but that's it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I mean, take advantage of it while you can. I mean, it's, you know, things are – that's at least one positive is that fans can go out and do that if you can't be at the game and – you know, you can't be at the stadium, 
you know, go out and do that. It's that's really cool. That's that's really cool. You got tons of fans, ton, tons of keyboard warriors sitting at home saying that they should be able to go tailgate. They should be able to go party. How about you take advantage of the opportunity and you go show some certain head honchos in some certain places that you can tailgate safely, that people can be trusted, that it can be done with that ensign. How about you show that and then you take that to them and oh, you might have a little leverage. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> but let me tell you something now. There's two teams I'm scared of right now in the MAC conference. And I, I say MAC conference like a noob because everybody knows the C in MAC is conference. I was going to say, I was going to say. That's why I got there. I got there. But the first one is Miami of Ohio. Next week's opponent. Always my most grandest worry. And this is the team that that took the Mac last year. And how'd they do it? They didn't have the best offense. They didn't have the best defense. They had the best special teams. And these plays are going to be big. I'm... I'm an Evan Finnegan guy. My my horse is tied to Evan Finnegan. As he goes, I go, I I will support the man to the death, okay? So maybe the wind was a little crazy last night. I'm not going to get down because of one or two bad punts. They showed that as a team, they could clearly overcome adversity. But with that said, we need a big game out of the special teams against Miami of Ohio next week. So they bounce back. And again, I look at every one of these games like a survivor tribal council. We're all walking in with our torches. I just need to walk out of six tribal councils. And then finally, we will have the grand finale, not in a CBS studio in Los Angeles, folks, but in Detroit. Let's go. Can we, get, can we just get Jeff Groves to come to Detroit for the MAC championship, please? Well, we're going to have Jeff Probst at a, at, a, at a torch for whoever UB is playing. And, then, and he's going to have to, he's going to have to, I forget what the word is. Snuff it. He's got to snuff the torch. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, the tribe has spoken. Oh, now after every UB game, we have to make some kind of like an animation. Of yes. This. And you gotta We're doing it. it. We're doing it. Yeah. You got to get the music too, because after he puts it out, you always hear like the, oh yeah. It's like, it's like, it's shocking that it just happened, even though you knew it was already happening when they were walking up there. <laughs> exactly. Like, the, like, this, like the putting it out was the shock. No, the, the, the shock was when he read it. Like it's yes. done. Yeah. <laughs> And, and Maniac, when you bring up Survivor, I remember that was like one of the first things to be able to gamble on during when COVID started. It was like late March, early April. There was no sports, no nothing. Mexican soccer was done. It was just Survivor, Wednesday nights, props on ESPN Street for the cash. Winners at war. Winners right? at war. Oh. Survivor is a show, man. Rob Mariano fan. Yeah, I mean, everybody loves Boston, Rob. You got to love props, though. This is a guy who's mastered the art of being the announcer, but also acting kind of like he's a fan watching on his couch. Survivor's ready! Oh. Like, you know, like, oh, like, that gets you, like, fired up every time. Like, oh, come on. He's the GOAT. I, I love Jeff Probst. Yeah. He's, he's... The other thing, too, is if you've seen any Survivor episode, he loves nothing more than being like, like, Bantua had a huge lead, but Tijuana has come all the way back. Like, he loves, like, saying that, like, they're even, like, after a huge lead. And he, like, loves, like, crushing the team that had a huge lead. Well, and speaking of being, like, a fan, then he'll yeah. be, like, then, then he tries to, like, pick up the team. Like, come on. Come on, Mongo, Mongo, go. You gotta pick it up. You gotta <laughs> pick it up. <laughs> He's great. All right, you know what, guys? It's time. Well, I know Heather and John want to talk about. Bills, Seahawks, Sunday. We're going to this one. Seattle minus three with an over-under high one at 55. Weather will not be a factor on Sunday. I know you guys were making some tweets about practice, you know, injuries today. Heather and John, what were you saying? Go first? 
Sure. I mean, the injury report uh, is massive. <laughs> it, uh, it, it's, it's extensive here. There's, I was going to say. And, and, it's one of those, yeah. And the bottom part is where you really need to focus and some of the guys that have been who haven't practiced back-to-back days. Matt Milano, the most notable here. We understand he's been battling through a partially torn pack. And uh, so at this point, I, I would say he's not going to play on Sunday. And we, we've seen what happens when he's not uh, when he's not on the field for the defense. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with, with him. Uh, Cody Ford trending in the right direction. John Brown was a full participant. Yep. Micah Hyde. So, uh, you know, we're going in the right direction here injury-wise, and they're going to need everyone that they can get. Yeah, I mean, it's all hands on deck, um, you know, especially on defense with the Seattle offense. I mean, there's just – got to start with Russell Wilson. I mean, he's just absolutely lighting it up right now. I mean, having an MVP-type uh, season already, um, just what he's able to do, he's just – uh, such an explosive player, and I mean that also comes with having uh, you know tons of weapons at his disposal. I mean DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Um, you know he's got tons of guys, and and they have been banged up too. We talk about the Bills injuries. They had they had seven players. They had seven players out, but you can you only have to make six inactive. So like they didn't like they had more players that were inactive than were actually on the inactive list because they had more that couldn't go um, than the allotted inactives list. I mean, I, at one point, um, you know, I know I'm ta- I was talking about the Seattle offense, but at one point they had a rookie tight end who was on their practice squad have to come in and play defensive end. So that Not just great. that just, yeah. So that just goes to show you. Um, how banged up Seattle is right now. Um, but but for the Bills' defense, yeah, I mean, they need all hands on deck for this one. I mean, Russell Wilson, just, you know, his mobility, uh, you know, his ability to, you know, move the pocket when he's out of the pocket and scrambling, making plays, um, you know, kind of like what, what Patrick Mahomes is able to do when he's, you know, his ability to find guys downfield when he's, uh, you know, outside there and he's running and, um, you know, extending plays with his legs. So they, they're in for a, they're in for a big challenge and it only gets more challenging considering the amount of guys that they could be missing for this game. Seriously. And we saw this year, we saw Miami played Seattle pretty tough. New England yeah. won on the final play in Seattle. And Maniac, does it feel like Seattle's like minus three every other game? Seattle's like minus three every other game. I mean, because the, the, Vegas doesn't believe in their defense, plain and simple. Yeah. They're, they're predicting a down game from Russell Wilson. There's been a couple times. Who? What was the one where the team went for like a fourth and one? The Vikings, right? The Vikings could have got a fourth and one to end the game, and then the Seahawks went and drove the whole field on them. Yeah. Like it would, they wouldn't have not, they would have not covered and the money line that one. But yeah, they kind of go with it. They're a great team. They find a way to get things done. I mean, DK Metcalf is. Like, and this is said in the least disrespectful way possible, a freak. Like, this dude is just, like, a runaway convertible, like, on the field. And it's just incredible to see. Um, Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, the one thing I'm enthused about, though, the running game last week. The running game was able to get on track. And I think to beat a team at the NFL level, you have to do the thing they expect you not to do successfully. 
And I don't. I think right now that everyone's gearing up for the Bills to throw the ball when really it could be a big Moss and Singletary game. And shout out to this inside reporting by at John Scott TV today. Is Feliciano 100% with the pack? No, he's not. But is he 97% with the pack? Yes, he is. 97, you know, I feel good about that number, honestly. And that's why I'm feeling good about the Bills on the number this weekend, Al. And, Maniac, you brought up a great point before the show that I want to talk about. I'm sure all you guys remember Monday Night Football in 2016. You guys remember Tyrod Taylor, that game in Seattle. well in that game. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, one of his best games as a bill that that was that to me is one of like the ultimate things on Tyrod. Like you can say he can't throw in the middle. The dude didn't win one of his best games as a bill. Like that goes a little bit against the QB. I'm sorry. QBs will their way to a win. And, and, and the way that first half ended. Yeah. That you want to talk about the biggest joke right now. I'm showing a fan who was reacting to that call against Carpenter. They cut right to the bills fan. He's got, he's looking like this. But of course, like I could, there's things sometimes that the Bills do in a game, like they'll score three points and a half, or they'll get a safety as their only score. That was back more in the 90s and the early 2000s. But I truly felt like it was like one of those moments where this is only something that happens to the Bills. Sherman, like they don't whistle the play, which they should have done. They should have whistled it or something. And Sherman just goes like a light knee right into Dan Carpenter's, or sorry, a light shoulder, light at the NFL level. A shoulder right into Dan Carpenter's knee as he's planting. It was, like, incredible. I don't know how he got away with that call. And then the, and then the delay of game? You got the delay of game? Yeah. The, the most ridiculous thing was that Carpenter was, like, a, uh, like injured on that play so that the Bills didn't have a timeout, so they had to take him out, even though it would have been, like, a 55-yard field goal with him injured anyways. But Rex Ryan was just beside himself. We had the crazy Bills fan in the crowd. He was upset. I think we were all upset at home. The Bills were kind of teetering on the edge of, like, the end of the season, if I remember. Well, not the end of the season, but the end of their, ooh, excuse me, end of their playoff rope, yeah, if I, I recall was, correctly. And it was kind of, I think, yeah. I think they finished that game, like, what, two and four, two and five? So it was, like, a must-win in Seattle, yeah. which yeah. is, like, when they're home. I mean, not they go, good. They go <laughs> a like must-win at Seattle with a full stadium is, like, terrible. Yeah. So. What, a, what a time. Now – Hopefully we'll get points of plenty. That uh, I didn't realize the over under was that high. That's a monster yeah. over under. Fifty five for an outdoor game in November. See, what? I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping we see that kind of a game though. And I know I know the weather played a factor in it, but I was really stoked for when they played the Chiefs. I, this that was what I was expecting in that game. I'm like Josh Allen, boom, like. Patrick Mahomes, okay, you've got these two explosive, you know, I expected a high-scoring, pass-heavy game, like, you know, constantly just trying to outduel each other. And, and again, I, I know I know it was rainy and, and, and crappy out, but it's just uh, um, that, that's what I'm hoping for this weekend because, to me, those are the most exciting games. Um, so that's what I'm hoping to see. Uh, that's what I'm hoping to see this week. Now, obviously, Seattle's defense has problems, and – um, you know, I, they, they, they should be able to, to get some big uh, chunk yardages there. But I know that, you know, part of a good defense can be to keep, uh, to keep the other team's offense off the field for as long as possible. But I just don't trust this defense if, if they were to try to try that philosophy of let's just, you know, sustain the longest drives that we can, maybe run the ball some more, keep Russell Wilson off the field as long as possible. Um, as long as we're ending drives with touchdowns, I just don't trust this defense 
if they're going to get in a situation where it is a close game and they have to, um, you know, rely on a big stop there because we saw against New England, if it wasn't for Justin Zimmer um, forcing oh the ball God. out there, the Patriots probably would have gone and scored. And, you know, it's a, we're having a very different conversation right now. So, very um, different. yeah, so it's just, you know, we've seen this explosive uh, passing attack really cool off lately because of the way the defenses are playing them now. And you hear so much about take what the defense gives you, but I just feel like at some point, you know, I feel like there needs to be a balance of taking what the defense gives you versus dictating what you want to do on offense. I agree. It's I, actually Seattle and the bills are similar, except Seattle's more on the extremes. Like their offense is super, super explosive. The Bills has shown it it can be, but it's not consistently. Mm -hmm. And Seattle's defense is complete trash. Like, they're so, so bad. And the Bills defense has shown, like, they're not good, but they can kind of be more in the middle ground here. So it's an interesting matchup to see if the Bills offense can't get back on track through the passing game and and score 30-plus again against this type of a defense. I mean, how does that make you feel moving forward? Uh, it, it makes it seem more like the first four weeks were more of a mirage, and this is kind of what they were. And then that starts bringing in other conversations uh, about, you know, offensive personnel and, yep. and things like that. It's a whole lot less exciting to watch the past four games versus the first four. <laughs> because yeah. that was really fun to just see, like, you know, these, these explosive passing plays. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what I look for in a game. It's and, almost and, like they were willing to take chances with, Josh Allen versus Sam Darnold, Josh Allen versus Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh Allen even versus Goff versus Derek Carr. But against the Mahomes, you know, like it seems like it's almost like they can serve up. I don't want to, you know, say what they do. But I expect a very similar defensive game plan to the one they played against Kansas City to take away the big play from Russell Wilson and go. And if they have to take like three or four yards per carry and then try and get that stop on third down short, that's how they're going to live versus that. Because I feel like they just don't want to get beat by the big play. And that's kind of how they've been since they got here in 2017, which is awesome. I like not having big plays against us. And, and Seattle's running backs are super banged up right now. Um, I think they were on like their fourth option last week against the 49ers. So um, if that is the game plan that they go with and they're going to force Russell Wilson and force the Seahawks to beat you on the ground and try to make them one-dimensional, um, you know, the, I know the, the Bills' run defense has had its issues, especially now at linebacker when things are so in flux. But um, but it does bode well because, again, Seattle is dealing with a lot of injuries in their backfield. Yeah, Chris Carson is good. I think he may play. Travis Homer, I think, is supposed to be come back. But I was looking it up earlier tonight. DJ Dallas, who uh, was the running back yes, last week, yes, 18 yes. carries, the most carries of any running back that a, pay, or a uh, Seahawks running back has had. This entire season, Carson's had like 16 or 17 a couple times. He's only had 80 yards. It's the most yards a running back has run for in the game for Seattle. Russell Wilson had more than that. It's the most. My final note on this is has not been heavily utilized. So that that's where you know that's where I think I agree that that may be the the game plan is to you know dare them to run it, but Carson. He's been one of the best running backs for years. So if he goes, I think it could be effective. If Carson goes, we could be in trouble. Two things. DJ Dallas is an amazing name. I'm not going to take any credit away from that. Like, that's just like. Isn't it like, isn't it like D-E-E? It's D-E-E-J-A-Y. Like, 
Yo, Mr. DJ Pananda replay. Yeah, like, that's an amazing yeah. name. I like it. You got to give credit where credit's due. That's how you can humbly accept your victory. You got to give credit where credit's due. But, Sierra, I'm sorry. We're riding with the future on this one. Bills win. And I think a big topic that has to get brought up that a lot of Bills fans, you know, they're talking, like, complaining about or talking about. I know, Maniac, you, you got the button. I think the big one here is, can the Bills beat elite teams in the NFL? Can they beat that top six, top eight teams? We know what we can do against other teams, but people complain. You can't beat a Tennessee. You can't beat a Kansas City. This is Hell, where were you on Thanksgiving last year when the Bills had the biggest win of the century over the Cowboys? Okay, look at Dallas. This year. <laughs> But but like remember how big that win felt? Remember yeah. how big that win felt? Like, it's funny, but you know you're absolutely right. A Seahawks you know win would be like, three times, three times bigger than a win over Dallas was last year. Yeah. Remember how big that Vikings win felt too? A couple yes. years ago. The, the, the Falcons on the road when they Oh, the Falcons them? on the road, rock bottom on transit road was becoming unglued. <laughs> I, I guess my point though with that was I guess like with Josh Allen though now. This, like, well, this is it. big. Yeah, yeah. The, the knock on McDermott, it's not a secret. Against very good teams, he doesn't have necessarily a good record. Against potent, like teams that go on to make the playoffs, he doesn't have a great record. Yeah. Rewrite the narrative. You, it starts Sunday. It starts Sunday I, against that seventy-five-year-old chewing gum on the other sideline. You talk about a measuring stick game. I mean, I know we were looking at um, you know the the Chiefs game as. You know, how, how do we see and gauge exactly where they are and where they measure up against you know, some of the top teams? This is another one of those opportunities to, you know, set the tone and show, like, we can we can play with some of the best teams in the NFL. We're not just uh, racking up wins and padding our records against the, uh, the Dolphins and the Jets of the world. So, um, yeah, this is yet another opportunity to do that. He usually plays these... The Bills are usually in these games. Baltimore last year, New England. But and in 18 and 19, Josh's first two years, that's acceptable, in my opinion. It was They're still building the roster. They're building the team with young players. And, and they weren't at that point. That Moral victories are out the window now with this team, with the way it's built and, and, and the way it's constructed and the way it's actually performed uh, this season. So, yeah, it – it's, it's not going to be a, well, you know, they played Seattle close or they had a chance yeah. to take the lead against Kansas City in the second half. It, it's all about, did you beat them? And if not, then the storyline will continue. Yeah. And, folks, real quick, we are now, I believe, 20 to 25 minutes away from Thursday night football. We have the Packers taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Packers are laying six and a half on the road. I don't know who's playing wide receiver for the 49ers. And the over-unders at 48 and a half. The dart is on the under. I wanted to play a little prop gambling game with John and Heather here. I got seven total props. Nice. I did an an odd number, so there's a guaranteed one of you will lose. And I figured we got to get a little side bet here. So whoever loses has to do something. I was almost thinking, and you guys can change this if you'd like, loser of this has to drive to Studio D to pick up train wreck koozies. Okay. Yes, because I have been dying. I want one so bad. I know we were trying to make it happen this summer, and we can't. Yes. Okay. All right. 
How's that sound? That that says it all, folks. We were trying to make it happen this summer. What what a saga <laughs> these koozies have been. And you are going to witness the culmination of it. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter. Let's get the comments out. Who, who are you rooting for to have to get the koozie? I, I, I will make, we'll document this. We'll film, film this. We'll make it happen. So we got, like I said, seven props. I'm going to start with Heather first. Heather, okay. you, you make the pick. And then John goes right to the next one. So it's not like Aaron Rodgers, you know, you, you can't both have the over. It's just like you take the first one. John's on the second one. All right, ready? All right, so we'll start We'll start with yep, Heather. Yep, yep, yep. Here we go. Let's go. Heather, Aaron Rodgers over under 280 and a half passing yards. Uh, I will take, I will take the under. Okay. Under on Rodgers. 280.5. Okay, next one. John Nick Mullins over under 219 and a half passing yards. I'll go over. Garbage time. Okay, okay. Interesting pick. Nick Mullins looked like he was running for his life the last time he was in the game, I'm pretty sure, but we'll see. Garbage time definitely could easily pick up another 100, 150. So here we go. Next one is for Heather, Aaron Rodgers over under 12 and a half yards rushing. Uh, I'll take the over. Aaron Rodgers throughout his career has been like sneaky, like agile fast. Also, all the running backs have voted. So <laughs> that's, true. That's, that's true. that's true. That's true. That's, that's, that, that literally could be one scramble. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just but, give me, give me like a nice, a nice first down. You know, first and ten, first down run. But I can't wait for those victory, victory formations. I, I'm gonna say like 14 or 15 yards. Two kneels could be in trouble. Oh, that's right. I mean, we can't have kneels counting against rushing yards in 2020, no. can we? Like, how outdated is that? No. Yeah. But for this argument, it is. no, 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 it is a thousand percent. That's a whole other argument or discussion. Alrighty, next one for John. Let's go. Devontae Adams over under 89.5 receiving yards. Over. Yeah, I was going to say, if you think Aaron Rodgers is going to have over 280. Easy money. Alrighty, next one here for Heather. Let's go. Devontae Adams over under seven and a half catches. She had a chance. She kind of hedged against John a little bit there. Yep. A smart play, responsible play by Prusak. I, I can dig uh, it. Yeah, I mean, you know, John wants the seven catch, a hundred yard performance. <laughs> oh, he is dying for a big play out of Devontae Adams. <laughs> All right, uh, two more. Uh, John, 49ers over under twenty and a half points. Under. I I, I was I was thinking that too. So <laughs> on, over under twenty and a half. For the 49ers points and then the last one for Heather Packers over under 27.5 uh I'll go over okay I support that there you there you have it folks Heather and John sponsored by Pazda electric gambling picks 716 6982711. And can I say something? Yeah, you're not gambling when you go to Pazzi Electric. Residential, commercial, electrical projects. Go to our friends, Pazzi Electric, 716 698 2711.
Alrighty, that was that was awesome. Yeah, I don't know why I said call pasta for gambling picks. Yeah, well, you know, you're not really gambling when you go to him. Like I say, it's a sure thing. It's a lock. Hi, I'd like to bet the over on the uh, the Chiefs. Uh, Bills yeah, thanks. It's basically a Wendy's drive-through meme, but in real life. Could you imagine? If there was a place like you could just like a drive-through, and you could just like place your like you order and then just like place your bet. It's called your phone, but you can't do it in New York. Hopefully yeah. soon, New York would that'd be great. Or just like a venting station. It's like a drive-through thing, but it's like it doesn't go anywhere. It just goes into the ground, and there's someone on the other end of it that's like reasonable, twenty-four-seven. <laughs> be sick. That would. And then it would really teach you like what's important, because is it worth driving to the venting station for this? Like no. So next major topic on train wreck tonight. How is Otto? Oh, okay. Let me try oh, it. Okay. On. We'll just do this since he doesn't want to move. Oh man, talk about being a diva. Probably, probably didn't come out of his green room until ten minutes into the show. I know he is such a he's such a diva. Like I tried to get him to come over here, he wouldn't. Um, now, oh, look, look at this. Now he. Otto, you're on. Hey. See, the second the camera's not on him, though, his nose is, like, up in the business. Like, he needs to be in everything. Of course, he knows that. That is just a cute man. He's trying to act, like, too cool. Like, okay, like, like, can you, like, leave me alone for five minutes? Thanks. Otto looks like he had one of John's burgers on the grill tonight. (laughs) Well, he was acting like he needed the other two that I didn't eat because, uh... I fed him and literally two minutes later was eating myself and he gives me this sad face that says, you haven't fed me in five years. My, 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 my guy just doesn't even know when the bowl's full of food, honestly. Like, he'll act like I haven't fed him when the food is there. Yeah, it, he inhales food. Like, you would think the way that he acts that we don't feed him. And clearly, you can see we do. Like, he, <laughs> you know, like, which, which, hey, I will say, though, shout out, we so I'm very proud of him. So we're working on it. Yep, getting our, uh, getting our. I don't know what bod, but you know, we're we're working on it. He's part of the COVID bod, like the rest yes, of us. Yes, exactly, exactly. And he, and he's lost six pounds during COVID. That's very impressive. Right, right. He's getting there. Well, it's because there's nothing else to do but like run him around. So. <laughs> yeah, and go on a walk. Exactly. Yeah, right, right. Five walks a day later, you know. He is cooked. Look at him. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. He's been shedding the pounds, but he's to start shedding those losses in AutoZone. I mean, come on now. He's 3-5 and five on the season. He's, had, he's, he's picking up steam a little bit. He's won back-to-back games. Oh, um, yeah, on this so Halloween edition of AutoZone. Uh, this morning. Yeah, right? Yeah, today. Okay, I don't even know what day it is anymore. Um, yeah, it just takes, uh, takes our Seahawks episode, so we'll have that out for you tomorrow. But yeah, he's uh, looking for three, looking for three, three wins in a row. Um, so he's uh, starting to starting to get there a little bit. Okay. Yeah. If the Bills win all all the games in in remaining in November, will you say in one of the auto zones? It looks like Otto is getting hotto. I can do I can do that for you. There we go. That's how we're influencing programming. That, that is a promise. <laughs> that, is, that is a promise. I'll put like some sunglasses on him too. Yes. I'll I'll, I'll 
put those. I'll put. I'll put a very similar pair to what you're sporting right now, Maniac. Oh, I'll. I'll. I'll get him some. Uh, some of our Zubas. I'll get you guys all some. Well, I'll, I'll bring them over to uh, Studio D for when you. For when whoever loses the prop bet has to get the. See, whoever goes. Whoever goes and gets it. Yes. Yeah, but here's the thing. If if that happens, if if I end up losing, which I won't, but if I do, Ooh. then at least I know on the way home I'm getting Chick Fil A. <laughs> That is huge. So like that's that's a bonus. That's a bonus. Or if you lose, I'll just make you get it. Winner winner. That, that's a win win from Prusak right there. Never, if I've ever heard one. Literally, literally. <laughs> so next next question I gotta ask you guys. You know November November first November second hits. Are you guys blasting Christmas music like Matt Bove? No. No. I think it's so weird that it's gonna be seven. It's it was in the upper 60s today in the past couple days, and it's still going to be. And there's Christmas music on the radio. It's going to be 70 degrees. I can't – I turned on the radio, I think today it was, and I was just curious to see, like, what song would come up. And it was, like, Winter Wonderland. I'm like, yeah. no, it's 70 degrees outside. Like, I can't – I also just get sick of it. Like, I don't need to I, – I like Christmas. I do. I like getting in the spirit. But I just can't deal with two months of it because then, like – I keep hearing the same songs over and over and the same movies over and over. Like, I don't know. I like to enjoy things. Like, I like to spread them out because then if you're just hitting it all at once, it's like, I don't know. Now, now we do jump the shark here with certain holidays. Uh-oh. Halloween decorations were up in the, in our house before September 1st. So Before that- September 1st, okay. I mean, I got to give credit where credit's due, though. When you ball out with a with a Baby Yoda, you know, Leia and Han costume like that, I mean, you know, uh, yeah. it's, so, it's so all yeah. worth it. It's all If you're winning that championship at the end of the season, it's all worth it. So we run through our Halloween costumes. We were Mr. and Mrs. Incredibles, uh, Lola and Bugs Bunny. Last year we From were... From Space Jam. Yeah. Yes, yes. Last year we were... I think, wait, I think everybody knows and then, Ooh. Like, what else is that? The actual yeah, Bugs Bunny. No, that's true. Lola and Bugs Bunny. He, he, you know, it's like a, it's like a brand. So it's, like, it's like, oh, I got some a Pokemon card, but I got a holographic. You know. Okay, but I'd like to see people that dress up like Lola and Bugs, not in Space Jam. Anyways, and last year was Shake and Bake, um, Ricky Bobby. You did you, the, the costumes last year were very good. I remember. And they're like, I, that's a costume you could wear like wherever, honestly, any yeah. kind of party. It's like a NASCAR jumpsuit. Yeah, yes. except mine was a, uh, I think like a used medium or large. So the pants, the pa- they looked like capris on me a little bit. So. But uh, but yeah, I mean, last year I think we put the Christmas tree up before Thanksgiving. Uh, now part of that was because I was in Dallas for the game, so we want we like to do it on Thanksgiving. I just wasn't home. Um, but the weather does play a big factor in all of this. Yeah. Like I just, I, I'm not. I can hold off on Christmas and all that stuff when it's pushing 70 and sunny. It's when it's wintry mix on Halloween and you're just depressed because you can't do anything and you're like, you know what really raises my spirits? Christmas. So we're not there yet. Yeah, it's and just, definitely not with the music. No. Yeah, no, not with the music. But also too, I don't like to skip Thanksgiving because I, we also do. Well, currently our Halloween decorations are still up. I need to <laughs> deal with that. Um, that's more just a time issue. But we do have some cute turkey decorations. So I, I, I don't want to skip the cute turkeys. 
Yeah, I mean, the Christmas, music, the Christmas music's just out of control this early. I mean, it's 65 and sunny. I'm going down to 33 blasting Kokomo Beach Boys at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, it needs to be a situation where you need, like, two out of three qualifiers. I would say post-November 1st, under 40 degrees or snowing. So you need two of those three. You got two of those three, have whatever, you know, Christmas you want. But, yeah, 70 degrees is like, all I want for... No, no, no. Winter Wonderland, like I yeah. said, up when I turned it on, and I'm like, mm, it's sunny and 70 degrees, so and I'm wearing shorts, so it is the furthest thing from Winter Wonderland, which I'm not complaining, but it's just very the, it's just very odd to to hear that. Um, yeah, no, can't do it. I'll probably dive in in like a month. I need to get into December because I just it's there's there's not as much variety. And so you start hearing the same ones over and over again. And, mean, it, and it, it really, it. it really ruins some classic songs. Oh, yeah. so can we point out too on the topic of Christmas, this makes me laugh on Freeform, which I still call it ABC family because why not? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I just like refuse to call it Freeform. Um, but they used to do this, you know, they do the 25 days of Christmas where they show like whatever. They have their like holiday movies, all that good stuff. Then they started doing a countdown to 25 days of Christmas, which I think was like maybe a week before that. Now, countdown 25 days of Christmas, I think is just all of November. And I think it's really funny because seeing like the promos for it, it's they're like basically just like trying to take any movie and make it like it's like it's for the holidays like they're taking these like random disney movies and like oh spend time with your family it's you know it's whatever and i just think it's so funny that i'm like that literally has nothing to do with christmas so you're clearly running out of ideas so if you're doing it this early like it it doesn't make sense like it's just it makes me laugh it really does <laughs> wow auto is just i mean i, I want to be auto right now <laughs> It's, it's like it's like when Kramer says he's going to a fantasy camp in Seinfeld. They're like, people people will pay to be him for a week. <laughs> nah, just let him be. Seriously, he's he's what the Beatles were talking about. He's so pissed. I don't know. Stop it. All right. Oh, God. All right, so before we wrap up, uh, Heather, John, you guys got plans this weekend, Saturday specifically? Saturday, you're Golfing, right? I am golfing. Yeah. Wow, is that a Spectrum News uh, sports boys outing? Uh, Kevin Carroll will be there, um, as well as Ryan Whalen, who's our political reporter. Okay. And then, and then we're adding Marcel Louis Jacques from ESPN. Wow. So that, that's our foursome hitting up Glen Oaks. Just we'll, make sure you tweet about it. What? Yeah. We'll make sure that everyone knows and the everyone else in the media that really loves hearing about golf. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, we will. Uh, I'm doing that, and then uh, we're gonna go out in East Aurora. Very nice, John. I gotta ask you real quick about golf. Is Nate Geary overrated? No, he's good. I actually, for a, a a training session at work, did a mock story on Nate Geary golfing. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, oh, I got rated from the teacher. John, <laughs> John, this is this is what you call playing into the beast. We don't, we don't, we don't need more publiciza publicization of Nate Geary golfing. There's no way he's as good with the ratio of how much he tweets to how much, how good he is at golf. He would have to be on the PGA tour. Yeah, it's, I mean, I mean, he he golfs more so than anyone I ever have known, at least in one single season. But he scores really well. He also has gotten me 
on some courses to play with him. So I also really appreciate that. So are you I'm talking not- about Lancaster Country Club? No, which he registered for in October in Western New York. He registered for a country club in October. Someone explained to me how that's a smart decision. Well, he was at Briarwood. Now it's, it's good turning public. So, uh, you know, I can, I will continue to support Nate in his golfing endeavors. You're just giving me too much fuel because now I can say Nate's not a a man of the public. He needs to keep to himself in the private sector. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget him at Bob Link's par three against producer Burns, and it's the first hole, and he's got, like, these binoculars out to see, like, what club he should Yeah, he's have. doing his official range thing, and he just duffs it into the – he almost hit an innocent fan. Yeah. Oh. My gosh. You know what? I think it's time. We've got Thursday Night Football about to start. Bachelorette's underway. Time oh, to get caught up. It is all right. Some, time for some shout-outs, right, Maniac? Yes, shout-outs. Two shout-outs for me real quick. We got Dewey Crocs on his way to Buffalo. Spontaneous trip to Buffalo from Long Island. Shout out to anyone who uh, does that. Nobody does that. That's why Dewey Crocs is such a individual, unbelievable, unbelievable individual, I should say. And happy birthday to Pizza Pete. Making the best pizza in the Pinto tailgate lot. Happy birthday, Pizza Pete. All right, are we up? Yeah, you guys are up. All right, I will shout out once again homage for the for the best t-shirts uh vintage t-shirts that you can have and i'm going to shout out otto for uh you know really stealing the show by doing absolutely nothing do you have the chicken head no anywhere no it's your turn they they gotta go Uh, otto is the first person to be on camera and have a resting heart rate of below like 35 (laughs) just like chilling um, (laughs) i'll do i'll do a shout out to 26 shirts because I love them so much. They do such great work. And especially during, um, you know, a lot of, uh, I don't even know how to put challenging times, you know, with uh, the election and COVID and everything, they always just uh, find ways to make me smile. And um, yeah, they do great work. So that's why I wanted to wear this tonight. Not Didn't have my Backstreet Boys. I wanted to support 26 shirts, so. And how about 26 shirts just announced today, uh, Value, new corporate sponsor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. <laughs> value has everything you need. Hey, you got really good jingle on right now. It's actually, like, really catchy. I mean, it, just when you thought Buffalo couldn't have a bad jingle, Salino dropped his solo album, and now everyone's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's different. Yeah. I got to give a quick shout out to once again, pause the electric that he is not someone who takes gambling picks. He's one of the <laughs> best electricians around Western New York. Once again, 716-698-2711. But folks, everybody, thank you for joining us. Once again, Picasso's pizza, Picasso's pizza.net and pause electric Otto's moving. He's tired. And you know what he wants to do? Good night. Right. No.